Welcome to another edition of the Business and Personal Podcast, where we bring you closer to the people that you do business with. And uh, today we're going to bring you closer to someone that's doing great things in the community. We're joined by Ryan Hertz. He's the president and CEO of Lighthouse, uh, a company that's been around for a long time. And we'll kind of explain what they're all about, how they came together. So first of all, Ryan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Thought it'd be a good time to get you on. I'm sorry, what's that? I like your name, by the way. It's a good name. Yeah, you got two Ryans here. This is going to be great, no doubt. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, I thought it'd be a good time to have you on as we get into Thanksgiving, the holidays. and It's not like your services aren't needed 365 days a year, but even more so, you know, as we reach the holidays. But uh, before we talk about what you're doing now and what you're going to be doing in the future, let's backtrack a little bit and talk about how Lighthouse as we know it now, was established in 2019 when South Oakland Shelter, which had been around since the 80s, and Lighthouse Oakland County, which had been around since the 70s, came together. And what forged that merger there? Sure. Um, so uh, that's one of the achievements of, of, of our organization that I'm most proud of. Um, I don't think we anticipated how important it would be when it happened. Um, obviously, we weren't aware in mid 2019 that we would face a pandemic and, and the significance of, you know, putting these organizations together and aligning our assets together on our community, um, you know, didn't fully reveal itself until, until uh, almost a year later. Uh, but we brought the two organizations together essentially because, you know, both organizations were founded to respond to really acute emergency needs. So South Oakland Shelter was founded uh, in the eighties by a group of congregations to respond to the lack of emergency shelter options for people experiencing homelessness uh, in Southern Oakland County um, and uh, started as a seasonal uh, program moving from church to church and then eventually from church to church to synagogue to church to mosque, right? And, and became a broad, um, you know, multi-faith collaborative uh, responding to that specific need, the emergency shelter need. Similarly, the Lighthouse was founded by the faith community and started as a, um, as a food pantry out of the back of a Catholic church in Pontiac, uh, and over time expanded into a broader set of emergency services oriented around hunger initially, um, but eventually also rental assistance, utility assistance, and other emergency supports. And then both Lighthouse of Oakland County and South Oakland Shelter uh, did what I think most organizations do uh, eventually, um, which is ask the question of why are people showing up at our door for this service and what else can we do both to help, you know, reduce the causal, the causal uh, factors that are contributing to, to the need for our emergency services and to help those people address other needs that they might have um, that might be co-occurring and help them reach stability um, in, in the longer term. And what that looked like for both organizations, even though one started as a homeless service organization providing shelter and one started around hunger, uh, was you know, we're addressing relatively similar issues, which are essentially poverty and, and economic strife. And so naturally, both organizations over time developed a continuum of services that eventually came to look a lot like each other, right? So Lighthouse of Oakland County, uh, started to look at how do we help some of the people that are coming to our food pantry and emergency services program uh, address longer term longer term uh, stability. So they developed another nonprofit. So they were called Lighthouse Emergency Services at the time. They developed a nonprofit called Lighthouse Path, uh, which is a transitional housing organization focused on 
women and their children escaping homelessness. Ben formed a parent company called Lighthouse of Oakland County um, so that Lighthouse Emergency Services and Lighthouse Path could, could share back office resources and supports. Um, and eventually an additional uh, subsidiary organization called Lighthouse Community Development to focus on uh, the barriers in the Pontiac community where they were headquartered um, around affordable housing, home ownership, neighborhood revitalization. You know, how do we create an environment uh, in which emergency services and transitional housing services eventually won't be needed. And at the same time, South Oakland Shelter, um, although on a slightly different timeline, uh, was looking at how do we keep people from needing to come into our shelter in the first place? How do we make sure that when they're in our shelter, that the destination when they leave our shelter sets them up for the best possible uh, situation for the long term? And so that turned into creating emergency services in addition to shelters, such as rental assistance to stop evictions, um, it, it also turned into providing some food assistance as well. Um, and uh, over time, we started focusing on housing programs. So moving people out of the shelter into housing, providing supportive services and housing for people to keep them in a stable situation and helping to build their income and stability over time. And eventually we ran into the same kinds of barriers that Lighthouse was running into at South Oakland Shelter, which is the lack of affordable units in our community and the environmental factors that impact poverty. So South Oakland Shelter also started to develop affordable housing. And uh, right around 2019, um, South Oakland Shelter had, uh, had started to break ground on our, you know, our first uh, affordable housing development, and we were looking for opportunities to do more. Um, and uh, we reached out to uh, Lighthouse of Oakland County, knowing that they had uh, done historically quite a bit of work in affordable housing development and there might be some partnership opportunities to do more together. And that conversation led to what would happen if we aligned all of our resources, everything from emergency services to stability services to, you know, community and affordable community development and affordable housing. And uh, the more we talked, the more um, the affinity grew and, and, the, and the recognition of the opportunity grew. And most of it was focused around initially conversations around how can we align our assets for the environmental issues around poverty, affordable housing, um, you know, uh, geographic isolation of, of lower income uh, community members and, and how that impacts people over generations. And then the pandemic happened. And uh, unfortunately, that kind of pushed us back to our roots. And we ended up having to focus much, much more than we thought we were going to together on ramping up our emergency services response. Um, I hope that helps kind of frame uh, where we're at today. Yeah, obviously a lot going on there, lots of needs that need to be met, and it's kind of cool um, how both sides saw how they could benefit each other. So now with this merger that's taken place, how big of an area do you serve? Sure. So it depends on the program. Um, I would say that the majority of our programs are focused around Oakland County. So between the two organizations, we cover the county at large. Um, we have uh, an emergency services office in Clarkston to serve Northern Oakland County. We have our headquarters uh, in, in Pontiac to serve the Pontiac and surrounding community. And we have the South Oakland Shelter uh, prior office, um, pre-merger office, let's call it, in Lathrop Village to serve Southern Oakland County. And then since the pandemic, we've also opened a large food distribution warehouse in Waterford. Um, we have offices connected to our housing and transitional housing uh, developments, um, both in Pontiac and in Oak Park. 
Um, and so we have uh, essentially a physical presence uh, throughout Oakland County, um, but we also have programs that serve people both regionally um, and nationally. So um, from a regional perspective, um, uh, South Oakland Shelter before the merger uh, had acquired a crowdfunding platform uh, that was uh, developed um, by a group of folks in San Francisco, originally as a public benefit corporation. So it was a sort of for-profit social impact uh, organization uh, to help uh, organizations that serve homeless populations uh, with really targeted fundraising tools. And we were sort of a super user of that platform. It became very integrated into our work. And we ended up acquiring the platform um, when the founders determined that uh, it wasn't really sustainable as a for-profit model, um, but that it was really meaningful from a social impact perspective, and they wanted a nonprofit to take it on. So we also operate the HandUp. Uh, it's called HandUp, uh, handup.org. We operate the HandUp platform uh, both for other uh, homeless service providers regionally throughout Southeast Michigan, but also nationally. We have over 120 organizations um, that we serve the organizations in serving their clients with this platform um, that fundraises for specific uh, acute needs of, uh, of families and individuals experiencing homelessness. So um, we have a range. We also um, are, are doing some housing development work outside of the bounds of Oakland County, but for the most part, uh, our focus right now is Oakland County. And Ryan, we could probably spend several podcasts going through all the different pillars of Lighthouse and you know what you do. But before we started recording here, you were focused on the emergency services that you provide as kind of the top of the, the fountain here. So you've already touched on it a little bit, but um, what is it about the emergency services that you offer and uh, why they're so successful? Sure. Um, interestingly, I think the reason they're so successful is because they're connected to an ecosystem of other kinds of services, right? Um, I think before the merger, both Lighthouse of Oakland County and South Oakland Shelter uh, had a strong interest in making sure that these sort of transactional services of a box of groceries or a night of emergency shelter or a meal or whatever the case may be, um, weren't just an output, but eventually would lead to an outcome, right? That the goal would be that we, we take advantage of that moment of engagement and assistance to help find resources to stabilize those families. So I think what makes our emergency services successful, including our emergency uh, shelter program for homeless individuals and families, uh, as well as our food distribution work, um, is that we're focused on what's going to happen as a result of that engagement, not only on the volume of need that we're meeting in emergency services, um, which has increased dramatically. The volume has increased dramatically during the pandemic. So uh, during the pandemic, we've quadrupled the number of people that we're providing emergency shelter to, um, essentially through a hoteling uh, model. Um, we uh, have gone from serving uh, you know, two to 300 families per week with emergency food to sometimes up to 5,000. Um, since the beginning of the pandemic, we've served 60,000 uh, households with, with emergency food uh, boxes, um, which in a typical year, it would be more like 10,000. Um, and so we have dramatically ramped that work up, um, you know, in no small part, thanks to uh, the giving spirit and volunteerism uh, in our community um, that surrounded the organization and helped us make all of that happen, um, as well as the philanthropic spirit in our community. Uh, and then, you know, beyond that, that's allowed us to really 
utilize our best skills for more people, right? So, you know, we're proud that 80% of the people who come through our shelter program before the pandemic were exiting into a permanent housing situation. During the pandemic, we've kept that, that, that ratio up. It's taken us longer to find affordable housing um, because there's less of it right now. Um, there's more people in need of affordable rental right now. Um, there's less turnover of units. Um, there has been because of the eviction moratorium and now because of, thank, thank God for programs that, uh, that we operate around stopping evictions or preventing evictions. Um, you know, we've spent, gosh, uh, since March, uh, over $6 million on rental assistance to prevent evictions for more than 800 households. Um, so those are people who we stopped from having to come into our shelter program, thankfully. Um, and, you know, once they've been in our shelter program, we've done everything that we can to make sure that, you know, every family, every household individual who leaves is leaving into a sustainable and stable living environment. Um, so that that's sort of the I don't know, I guess I'll call it the tip of the spear of our, of, our, of our array of programs is that emergency response. People tend not to seek out services until they really hit a crisis, unfortunately. Um, but that gives us the opportunity to work on, on more, more uh, longer term uh, problems. And, and you just hit the nail on the head there. I think, you know, when I looked at everything that you do, I think one of the things I was most impressed with, it's not just help somebody once and forget about them. There's long-term planning and budgeting that's involved. You follow up with these families to make sure they stay on the right track and it's not just a one time and you're done. Certainly. So in our stability services area, which is sort of the other big area of focus uh, for, um, for sort of individual level interventions, let's call it. So we do work, you know, both with providing direct services to people, to households, et cetera. And we also do work around sort of systems change and trying to change the affordable housing market, adding affordable units, uh, trying to advocate for policy that improves affordability and, uh, and reduces poverty. Um, the other big area in our, in our direct services area is stability services. So to your point, when people have come through our shelter program and, and we've you know, situated them in housing, uh, for most people, we provide a year of follow-up care services uh, to ensure um, that they don't become homeless again, uh, ideally. Um, and that program, you know, most years has between 95 and 99% success rate of keeping people stable, which is fantastic. Uh, we also have a permanent supportive housing program um, for special needs households, people who uh, have been homeless longer term and are disabled and um, will likely need some amount of, of assistance throughout the rest of their lives. Um, and in, the, in the, those programs, um, it's not one year, it's indefinite. It's a rental assistance program with intensive supportive services to try to provide the highest quality of life and stability possible that we can for those folks. We also have a Centers for Working Families program that I think you were alluding to, which is um, you know, a whole curriculum focused around um, increase, helping households increase earned income, um, uh, better manage uh, you know, what funding they have access to, and access entitlements and benefits that they might be eligible for that they might not have been aware of that can, you know, between their earned income um, and, and the financial coaching that they're provided, uh, help them achieve longer term stability. So uh, not to mention our whole our whole transitional housing program that I mentioned. So for specifically targeting um, single mothers and their children, we have a really targeted a two year program uh, paired with housing and supportive services, um, both for uh, a teen mothers program and 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 for the broader population of, of single mothers in our community. What would you say are the biggest needs and challenges facing Lighthouse right now to, for continued growth and being able to help as many people as need the help? 
It's a great question. Um, we ramped up some of our services very rapidly uh, during the pandemic. Um, so right now we're in the thick of trying to figure out how much of what we started doing during the pandemic will we be able to sustain beyond sort of one-time pools of resources that have come in to respond to that crisis. And the reason that's so important is because many of the needs that we started to expand to meet during the pandemic were needs before the pandemic. Um, the main difference being that um, they were on people's radar a little bit more and there were uh, funding sources to support responding. Um, and um, people were surprisingly, despite, uh, despite uh, the financial challenges that so many have had in our community, people were dramatically more uh, generous uh, with their own resources to support others who were struggling, uh, especially during the earlier days of, of the pandemic. And so what we realized is, is it may be true that um, a lot of those resources may have been one-time resources and we did what we could with those resources at the time to, to help as many people as we could. The need isn't necessarily diminishing um, and we're looking for strategies to sustain, uh, to sustain that work. Um, one of the strategies, which um, we'll be uh, really excited to, to, to be moving forward um, in the months ahead, um, is we're opening a family-focused emergency shelter program. So without getting too into the weeds on the, on the complexity of this, uh, with the cost of construction, we realized that um, you know, there's some serious barriers to increasing our, our, our facilities footprint uh, in regards to meeting additional needs. Um, but the hoteling uh, is not a sustainable way to provide emergency shelter for the long term. It's very expensive. Um, and so we've repurposed one of our transitional housing buildings uh, to provide uh, 18 apartments of family emergency shelter to serve up to 54 individuals uh, a night with emergency shelter um, within family units. Um, that has allowed us um, to start um, more sustainably uh, serving a larger number of people with emergency shelter at a time, and particularly families with, you know, almost a third of the individuals who are homeless in any given year in Oakland County are children in, in households, in family households. And there, prior to this, there was not a dedicated family shelter uh, in our community. Um, a rotating shelter at churches and synagogues would host families when there was room, uh, which was limited. Um, but we were typically full uh, and, and, and typically, you know, family would call us and say, hey, we've got three family members and we need a place to go. And we say, oh, we only have one opening tonight, right? So this allows us to provide an apartment, a degree of privacy and dignity for a family in crisis. I'm really excited about that. It also is not reducing our volume of transitional housing. We took the program that was based in that building and we're doing a scattered site and we're calling it a transition in place program where instead of being in our building for two years, uh, you... Uh, get rental assistance in your own apartment in the community and the same supportive services that you would have been provided if you were in our two-year transitional housing program. And at the end, you can take over your lease and you don't have to be you know, relocated and, and disrupted that way. So we're really excited about that solution, but we have many challenges around other areas of our, our, our services that we're still working on. The other thing I'll say is just locating affordable units for people. So even when we have the resources to help people, it's very, very difficult for us. You know, there, there, there really is... Um, there was an affordable housing crisis in Oakland County before the pandemic. It has been exacerbated and I don't necessarily see as much as there's been a lot of efforts to try to, to, to respond to that. Um, I see the problem far outweighing the resources that have been deployed. Um, and I, I think that that's gonna continue to be a challenge in our community and will drive both 
uh, unfortunately, likely new instances of homelessness in the years ahead, um, when there aren't as many, you know, one-time resources to prevent evictions like there are now. Um, and the challenge of helping people get more stable um, when, you know, there's just not the volume of affordable units for people in our community. Yeah, you know, like I said early on, the challenge for what you do, it never goes away. It's a constant battle um, to try to be able to help people out to, to stay on top of things. And the long-term plans sound amazing. Let's talk about the short term here in the fourth quarter. And uh, maybe people that are listening to this, hey, man, how can I help the fight here? How can I get involved? And you have some great opportunities coming up here before the end of the year. So just talk about those a little bit. Certainly. So, um, gosh, less than a month away is our annual signature fundraiser, uh, Dancing with the Stars. Uh, in years past, uh, we used to host this event at the Townsend in person, and it was this really beautiful uh, event produced by Galen Rice. Um, and it was essentially uh, our, our local version of the television show uh, live. And, um, you know, volunteer uh local celebrities, let's say, and, and, and community leaders and folks who support our mission uh, would train and dance uh, and perform live. We'd have a panel of judges uh, populated by local celebrities as well. Um, and uh, those dancers would compete to both, both to win the dance contest, but also to fundraise uh, from their, from their uh, relationships and connections. Last year, we had to go virtual for the first time with Dancing with the Stars, and it actually uh, raised more money than we ever have before, which we really were shocked by. Um, uh, and it was very uh, well attended and, and a wonderful uh, event. Um, and we had more people view it than normal since anyone could watch it. Um, uh, and it was streamed on our Facebook and YouTube. Uh, this year, we're doing sort of a hybrid. So again, it will be available and streamed and people can watch it from the comfort of their home uh, and they can contribute the night of uh, if they're moved to do so. Uh, but we also have sponsorships available and we'll, we'll be having a in-person VIP viewing party uh, at the Townsend uh, for uh, our, our higher end sponsors. And so it's a little bit of a, of a hybrid event um, and we'll see how that goes. But um, so far, uh, the preparations are really exciting. And uh, the folks that are dancing this year are folks who've really been engaged in our mission during the pandemic, hands-on volunteers and community partners and uh, it, it's, it's really shaping up to be a wonderful event. So that's coming up on uh, November 20th. You can find out more at DetroitDancing.org. Uh, we also have every year our, our Thanksgiving program where we distribute uh, thousands of Thanksgiving food boxes to uh, families that we serve otherwise with other programs uh, in our community. Uh, and that's coming up soon. And there's plenty of ways to engage in, in supporting that, uh, both through uh, contributions to, to the food as well as uh, volunteer uh, opportunities. And then soon after that's our uh, annual adopt a family program, um, similar to our Thanksgiving program, um, you know, supporting the families that we serve during a time where they may not be able to provide uh, holiday gifts for their families in the way that they normally would uh, in other years. Um, and so pairing up uh, generous folks in our community uh, and their giving spirit uh, with with those needs so you could find out about both our thanksgiving program and our adoptive family program at our website uh lighthouse mi as in lighthouse michigan lighthouse mi.org um and i hope some of your listeners will join uh, uh join the lighthouse mission um this is a great time of year to do so so the, the easiest way just go on the website and there's contact info there and, and ways to reach out and donate or, or contribute in some way 
Exactly. Um, you could donate directly there. Um, if you know, you're not uh, looking for an opportunity to show up somewhere in person, there's ways to support those activities uh, from the comfort, comfort of your home. And as I mentioned, um, our events, uh, you know, lately have had a virtual component. So, um, you know, even our live, uh, what's typically a, I should say live auction, a silent auction that takes place with Dancing with the Stars, you can participate from home. We have a, we have a virtual uh, component for that, right? So everything that we're doing right now, we're trying to uh, make as accessible as we can so that as many people uh, as possible who are interested uh, in, in our mission to alleviate poverty can be a part of that um, and that their uh, resources and generosity uh, are leveraged. Sometimes we have too much technology in the world, but it's a great thing for something like this that makes it easy for people from anywhere to uh, to donate for you. So I have one question. How is the dancing? Are you, you training? Are you getting ready? Are you going to be uh, participating in Dancing with the Stars? I have never participated myself uh, in Dancing with the Stars, and I, I don't plan to do so uh, in, the, in the foreseeable future uh, personally. Um, though you may be surprised at uh, who we've been able to persuade uh, to <laughs> take this on uh, year after year, um, but but no, uh, that's that's not my that's not that's not the area where I I do my uh, my giving. <laughs> there must be something in the name. I'm the same way. I'll, I'll be happy to donate, but uh, probably won't see me out there dance. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So well, hey Ryan, thanks for taking the time. Uh, just awesome stuff. Um, maybe we can follow up with you uh, next year again uh, sometime and see how things are going. But uh, hopefully this helps spread the word of uh, the need for what you are doing and, and the great things you're doing. That would be wonderful. Uh, always happy uh, to connect. And I appreciate the opportunity uh, to have this meaningful conversation. Uh, so thanks so much, Ryan. All right. Thank you.